Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Friday, October the 2nd. Welcome along to the Kent Online podcast. Plenty coming your way in the next 10 minutes or so, including the apprentices graduating in Kent today and the man who could very well be the saviour of Christmas in the county. First up, though, a month after schools reopened following the summer break, Kent Online has been finding out how teachers and students are coping. As we've told you over the past few weeks, dozens of classes, year groups and teaching staff across the county have had to isolate after positive COVID tests. Well, I've been chatting to Alan Brooks. He's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. Well, I think it's becoming increasingly tough. Uh, an enormous amount of work went in before the summer and during the summer holidays to get the schools as ready as possible with all of the guidelines in place. And the start of term went remarkably well. Heads were very, very positive about the way children came back. We had very high attendance rates. And so things looked set very well at the, at the outset. What has happened since has been increasing pressures caused in the main by the problems that we all know about with the test and trace system. So very quickly, attendance has been falling because children are waiting at home for the results of tests, because staff are waiting at home for the results of tests, and they're waiting longer than they need to, which means that inevitably you've got staff off for longer periods of time, and that makes it hard for the colleagues that are in school to cover the lessons and so on. And then if you add into that, the fact I think there are 35 schools in Kent currently with, with positive tests amongst children or staff, with either year groups or more than one year group being isolated, then all those things begin to make it difficult. I think from a school's perspective, we've done our bit. I think the general comment from heads would be, we have done everything on our side of the deal to get the schools ready and in the right place to open. And we now need the government to do their bit, which is getting the test and trace system running, not only efficiently, but swiftly. It's the speed that has caused most of the problems or the lack of speed. Um, I know we spoke about bubbles before and kind of how they would work or, or not work as, as the case may be. How do you think that's gone and how do you think social distancing in general has gone like teachers can't get too near a student and things like that? It must be very difficult when they, you know, they want to go and help a, a child learn. I mean, the whole teaching process now is very different, isn't it? I think, I think we probably said previously that, that the idea of bubbles is, is, is a good one, but it is not practicable, certainly particularly within primary schools, to think that these children are going to remain two metres distant from each other. That simply isn't going to happen. You can minimise it, you can reduce the risk as much as possible, but you, you can't impose that. It just simply doesn't work. At secondary schools, of course, the bubble sizes are anything up to 200, 250 students because it has to be an entire year group. And I know that Public Health England would ideally like bubbles of no more than 30. Well, you can't do that and operate a curriculum and operate the, the systems that schools have. So the bubbles are much larger than perhaps they could be. And the added complexity to this is not just in schools, when the children are coming to school on transport in the morning, when the children are mixing outside of school, you may be able to bubble them for six hours during the course of a school day with difficulty in terms of staggering lunches and so on. But a lot of that tends to go out of the window when they're outside of the school's actual control. 
Well, one mum in Folkestone says she's got concerns about bubbles and how effective they are after her child caught nits twice within a couple of weeks. She thinks children are getting too close at break times and if they can catch colds and head lice, they can catch COVID too. You can let us know what you think by leaving a comment on the story at Kent Online. Elsewhere today, a Kent hospital has had to be placed in lockdown after a man turned up reportedly armed with a knife. Witnesses claim he was tasered and disarmed by police at the sitting war memorial this morning. The site has since reopened. Now, earlier in the week, you might remember we told you about armed police at a building in Canterbury. Well, we're now able to let you know that a woman was arrested after police stormed a suspected brothel. Officers closed off the Longport area of the city for several hours on Wednesday. The woman in her 50s has been detained on suspicion of immigration offences. Concerns have been raised about how next year's local elections in Kent will work with pandemic measures. Votes are due to be held in May for county council elections and the police and crime commissioner position. Councillors have suggested screens might have to be put up at polling stations and there's likely to be social distancing at the counts. Meantime, one of the country's biggest pub operators based in Kent says redundancies now look inevitable because of the government's 10pm curfew rule. The chief exec of Shepherd Neiman Faversham says a restriction makes it difficult and in some cases impossible to perform certain functions. Kent Online News. More than 100 apprentices from across Kent who've managed to complete their training despite the pandemic have graduated today. The ceremony was due to take place at Rochester Cathedral but was held virtually instead. All 125 had their names and qualifications read out during the live online stream. Alison Palmer from the Federation of Small Businesses in Kent says it's right they're recognised. We didn't want to forget about this year's apprentices. So the project team um, put our heads together and we thought we need to go 100% virtual. So we've got um, an excellent event which anyone can watch and enjoy from the comfort of their own home office. And they can learn a bit more about apprentices, a bit more about the businesses that employ them and the training providers and how and what all of that is. And just congratulate these 125 people from Kent and Medway who've managed throughout lockdown and throughout all the changes we've had in our working lives to complete their qualifications. So we think it's a brilliant achievement. And you've alluded to it already, but what have they had to do in order to get to this stage? How hard have they had to work in order to get this achievement? Sure. So I think the fact that they've managed to complete their qualifications throughout 2020, which will go down in history for so many reasons, Um, So as an apprentice, you are not only um, taking maybe one day a week to go to college and to complete some educational studies, but you're also in an active job and you're being paid to take part in a job. So whereas we've all had to adjust perhaps to working from home or different working hours or different working scenarios, apprentices have had to carry on with their studies, with their qualifications Um, just passing tests and and, um, that sort of thing, as well as figuring out how they're going to get to work and how they're going to best do their actual job. So they've had a double whammy of challenges, I think. And it's it's right that we say, well done on completing that. Um, We think it's a real good achievement. A Kent care home has been closed down after residents' safety was being put at risk. During a visit to Kesson House in Norfleet in July, inspectors found that COVID guidance wasn't being followed and someone had been assaulted. A report by the Care Quality Commission concluded the service there was inadequate.
It's understood the government launched a secret consultation on building floating walls to stop refugees crossing the channel to Kent. Another idea, reportedly considered by ministers, is using a water cannon to create waves to push back boats. The Home Office's top civil servant has also refused to rule out turning disused ferries into processing centres for asylum seekers. Belasanki from Detention Action says it's hard to tell if they're serious proposals. They range from the sort of ludicrous to the downright dangerous. I don't think any of these ideas should see the light of day, but obviously it's really problematic that the government is using taxpayers' money on what, quite frankly, is nonsense. A lorry driver has been arrested in Dover on suspicion of trying to smuggle people out of the UK. The 37-year-old was stopped just outside the port yesterday as part of an ongoing investigation into organised immigration crime. Four men were found in the back of a trailer. It's been a wet and windy day in Kent and that's going to continue over the weekend. Storm Alex is to thank and a yellow weather alert is in force until 10 tomorrow morning. One that had been issued for Sunday has been stood down though. Strictly Come Dancing contestant Harvey from Kent has tested positive for coronavirus. The 21-year-old singer and YouTube star who grew up in Hartley near Dartford has posted on his Instagram story saying he's self-isolating. Hi guys, so I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to worry anybody or be dramatic, but now the story's out there. I have coronavirus, I've tested positive, all is fine, I'm isolating, um, I have no symptoms luckily, but it just proves that us youngsters, we can get it and not even realise. It's understood he only came into contact with a handful of production crew and still plans to take part in the launch show later this month. A bit more showbiz news for you now. And Ollie Mers has made an exciting announcement on our sister radio station, KMFM. I am going to be back on the road next summer. A summer tour is announced 2021. I'm very, very excited about it. I want to be coming, actually to Kent on the 3rd of July <gasps> next year at the Hop Farm. Now, yes. I've never been oh, I've never been to the Hop Farm before, so you need to tell me what it's all about. But I'm very excited. I'm going to be coming next year. I'm going to be touring all around the country. Um, and like I say, it's all outdoors, all outdoor shows. So hopefully social distancing, all that sort of stuff is going to be in good, you know, all going to be sorted and, and it's all going to be fine next year. So I'm very excited about it. Oh, it's going to be great. And... Um, you're you're teasing us that you're working on new music, but this tour I feel like is a gift to all of us who've yeah. just had no days out, no nights out, no live music. This is going to be Ollie Mers full on greatest hit spectacular, right? A hundred percent. I'm just going to have a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, new music as well. But yeah, just just a good time. Like, haven't we all just missed having a bit of fun going to watch some live music? I mean. You know, not only am I going to be on the road, I'm looking forward to seeing loads of other artists that I know that are going to be out singing next year. So I just want to get out there, sing, perform for people. And just, you know, it gives me... I mean, I rang my friends earlier just to let them know that, like, I'm going to be announcing a tour because I didn't want them to just be like, you didn't tell me! (laughs) (laughs) So I told them, I was like, I'm going on tour next year, guys, next summer. They were, like, so excited. They went, oh, my God, like, send me over the dates. Let me put them in the diary. And I just think people just want something to look forward to. So I hope all my fans, you know, people listening that haven't been to a live show and, and, and felt like it's been a, like ages since they have, 
you know, next summer is going to be the, the, the time that I uh, think, you know, hopefully the music industry comes back and the live industry is up and running again. He was chatting to Gary and Laura on breakfast earlier. And after it was confirmed, Kent's biggest theatre will be staging a panto this year after all. The producer has told the Kent Online podcast it'll be joyous and uplifting. Nurse Nelly saves panto will be taking place at the Marlowe in Canterbury. For Hendy says it's the right thing to do. It's obviously been a, a difficult decision. I mean, I think the will has been there from us and, of course, the theatre. We desperately wanted to do this, but obviously, logistically, it's it's very, very difficult. But we want to be, you know, safe for, for the actors and for the audience, of course, and all the people who work in the theatre. So the, there are a lot of things to consider, but ultimately, the will was there. We all desperately wanted Panto this year. And I think, I think the people of Kent, want panto this year as well if there's one year when we need panto it's this year isn't it we were looking last night at the uh, at the facebook page the, the marlow theater facebook page and it's actually quite emotional we were starting to tear up you realize just how much the marlow theater pantomime means to people you know people literally saying you have saved christmas thank you so much and all these lovely emojis with people crying and celebrating and you think well good isn't it wonderful that we can that we can do this and that we can get this sort of reaction it's going to be um joyous uplifting funny I'm, I'm trying to make it everything that people want at the end of this year so what do, what do people really want and i think what they probably want is panto's greatest hits so it'll be everything that you know and love about the marlowe theater pantomime so the ghost gag bench will be there the pun routine you know the cart routine that'll be there all the songs will be there the song sheet of course ben roddy's going to be there and there's also going to be a couple of other faces that people will recognize as well from the marlowe theater pantomime they're going to be announced soon so watch this space but ultimately i, th- I think what it's going to be is is a classic marlowe theater pantomime albeit reduced with a with a reduced cast and a reduced crew and a reduced audience. But hopefully people will come and they'll go, yeah, this is the Marlowe Theatre pantomime and I'm, I'm so excited to be doing it. We've been working towards this for a good couple of months now, so we, we've been having lots of ideas of what it will be and sort of going on as if it is going to be happening, and, and now it's finally announced. It's it's full steam ahead. It's pretty hectic, as you can imagine, because we're producing some of these pop-up pantos uh, across the country. Um, so it's it's hard work, but it's it's what we do, and it's, it's what we love. And this year, more than any other year, I, th- I think it's going to make a real difference. It'll run from December the 11th to January the 3rd. Well, that's it for today, but follow us on Instagram to catch the lowdown, a roundup of the top stories from this week. Plus, you can also now subscribe to the IM News app. That's to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to iliftmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.